0: Welcome to the show today. A special edition of the show we have, and I have two guests. One of, both of them are named Alex, by the way. One of them is Alex Bigham, my cousin, who's a doctor, Dr. Alex Bigham, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And he's going to talk to us about what's going on in Maricopa County. And I tell you, there's a lot that's happening that behind the scenes, and people need to know about it because this involves the election of the entire country and the direction of our country. And then Alex Newman is going to be the guest. But now Alex Newman is in Florida, and I told him I'd give him a call about the time, about to 4.30, that'd be Central Standard Time here, and it's 5.30 there. But they're under, uh, right now, severe uh, weather watches and severe, I-, I guess they're having hurricanes right now. So I may not be able to connect with Alex Newman, be that as it may. Alex Biggum is right here with us right now to tell us about what's going on in Maricopa County, Arizona. Maricopa County, of course, is where Phoenix and Scottsdale is. Now, let me just set this all up and tee, uh, tee this up. And that is, of course, there are many gains that Republicans made in the election. It was not nearly, however, the uh, crushing that many people wanted to have. And I've had people tell me, aren't you glad about what happened? I said, well, not really. <laughs> I said, we, we lost the, I mean, F- Fetterman wins in Pennsylvania. It's like, OK, I don't understand that. But we'll talk about that later. All right, Alex, thank you for taking time to be here today.
1: Hey, hey, Bill. Uh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be on with you.
0: You know, Alex, I do remember you telling me that it was going to come down to Arizona and Blake Masters for the Senate and particularly Carrie Lake. I mean, I, I think she's just really in my mind, she's the champion of conservative causes. So what's happening in Maricopa County?
1: Uh, you know, what's happening here is is a clown show. It, it really is. It's just incompetence on display. And this is, this is what Republicans have been complaining about in Maricopa County, particularly Maricopa County is the largest county in Arizona. And uh, what we see is just pure incompetence in being able to quickly and, and accurately count the vote. But at this point, it seems like it's purposeful that there's, it's malicious uh, what's happening here? And, and and I'll tell you, Bill. When I went to vote, Carrie Lake, of course, has been urging Republicans to vote in person in Arizona because it just seemed like uh, the mail-in ballot process in Arizona is just ripe, uh, you know, for cheating to occur. And so she was urging, "Hey, just don't don't ask for a mail-in ballot; just go in person and vote in person." Well, Democrats knew that, and so they had to come up. It seems like. With a different way uh, to, to to get an advantage in this in this particular election. So when my wife and I went to vote, we were the next in line to get onto uh, into a little you know uh, ballot uh, location in, inside the polling place, and they told us uh, we we've got to turn you away. Uh, the printers are not working here. We we've, we've had printer problems all day. They told us. In fact, I videoed I videoed the conversation with the poll worker and she said i'm really sorry it's just out of our control but you need to go to another polling location Mm. so we went so we went to the next nearest polling location and apparently the the first polling station that we went to where the printers weren't working that was not the only polling location that was having that problem because the lines were tremendously long and so uh, we waited in line forever. The whole process took over four hours for us to cast a vote. Usually, I, I just walk right into a polling center here locally, and it takes 15 minutes. But the whole process took four hours. And uh, when we got inside to the second polling location, well, first in line, we talked to several people that that was their third and fourth location that they were trying to be able to vote. And and in Arizona, it looks like the numbers are something like 75% of the in day voting are Republicans. So they knew it was going to be all Republicans standing in these lines Mm -hmm. for hours when the tabulating machines weren't working, the printers weren't working. And of course, the the tabulating machines has been the biggest issue uh, across Maricopa County. They have, I think it's 224 tabulation machines that, you know, you you fill out your ballot, you stick it (laughs) in the machine, it counts your vote, it gives you a little green check You know, if it goes through and there wasn't any stray marks or any problems with it, you know, your vote was counted. Mm -hmm. Well, 70 out of the 224 machines in Maricopa County were not working. And that, of course, there have been early voting that had been taking place for days in Arizona before the, you know, the the main day of voting. And there was never any problems. But the day of voting, when everyone was going to show up and it was going to be 75% Republicans showing up, one third apparently, of the tabulation machines that do the counting weren't working. So, so what the poll person would say is, well, you got to put it in what's called Box 3, and it was just a box on the tabulation machine that's locked. You just drop it like in a mail slot. You drop your ballot through, and they said, now, don't worry. We're going we're, we're gonna to bring these ballots that you're putting in Box 3 downtown tonight and in downtown Phoenix at a central tabulation uh, location. We're going to be counting your vote. And there'll be one Republican there and there'll be one Democrat there. So it'll be, you know, transparent and fair. And, and the numbers that I'm hearing don't sound reasonable to me. They're, you know, if, if one third of the Maricopa County tabulation machines were not working, they're, they're telling us that only 17,000 votes were dropped into uh, drawer three or box three of these tabulation machines. That sounds like uh, way too small of a number. So then of course you worry, well what's what's going on? Where's the, where's the chain of command? Is somebody going to be going down following the, you know, the van downtown while, before they get to the tabulation center? What's happening here? They're just Bill, yeah. I, I can't tell you how frustrated Arizonans are right now because because, number one, it's embarrassing for us to see that the elections are run so incompetently. And we've been crying about this ever since the 2020 election. We've, right. we've been raising our hands, saying there's problems here. This is not right. Why is it taking so long to count the votes? I think it took eight days last time after the 2020 election, general election, to get all the votes counted. And now it's, it looks like it's going to be the same thing here. I just, I just saw an announcement that they are not going to complete the voting uh, this week, it's now going to be pushed into next week. Yesterday, we waited all day for some votes to be dumped and the tabulations to be made on tranches of votes. Last night, they were supposed to come out with over 100,000 votes and give us the breakdown of who, you know, who they went for. They ended up releasing only 30,000 after we waited hours all day for that tranche of votes to come out. And it looks like it was the last batch of mail-in ballots which broke, of course, a little bit more for Katie Hobbs, so it gave her a little bit more of a, of a lead. She's only ahead, I think, by about 17,000 votes right now, but we have over 600,000 votes still outstanding, and these are all day of in-person voting or people that filled out a mail-in ballot but didn't feel comfortable dropping it in the mail. I'm going to go bring it to the poll station, drop it off in person. I want to watch my ballot go into the to the, to the box, those are going to be primarily Republican votes. She's expected to get 60 to 80% of these last 600,000 votes, Carrie Lake is. And that means mathematically it's impossible for Katie Hobbs to win this. Mm-hmm. And but, but what I think is happening, Bill, is this is psychological warfare at this point. They know mathematically there's no way that Katie Hobbs can pull this off now. Carrie Lake is going to win. I think she's going to win by... Probably five percent in the end, and but they're trying to string this out for as long as possible to take to take the explosiveness of her win away from her. That's yeah. what I think is happening here.
0: Now that is an amazing story, Alex, and I'm so glad that you're filled in all the details of it. I so uh, okay regarding Carrie Lakeish. Now she is. Uh, I, I saw a clip today that she's out speaking. And uh, she's really uh, firing it up, I guess. Is that right? What's going on?
1: Oh, she she's 100% confident that, you know, in the end, she will be declared the winner. And one of the comments I heard her make yesterday is when I am declared the winner, there will be a come to Jesus moment in regards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to election integrity. And she said it twice for, for emphasis there will be a come to Jesus. She said, yeah. we are going to clean this up. We have to know who the winner is the day of voting. Look at Florida. Florida is the gold standard. And they have, they have more people that live in Florida than in Arizona. And they can count it the day of. The elections run smoothly. They run cleanly. We yeah. know who the winner is. And look at what happened there. I mean, that that is what Arizona has got to learn some lessons. People have to quit saying, oh, you guys quit raising your hand and talking about election problems. There's nothing to see here. Yes, there is. This should make it. Very evident to everybody that there, this is a complete clown show of incompetency in Arizona with Maricopa County.
0: Now, isn't it the case that Arizona has had problems? <clears throat> excuse me, uh, running up to this, is it like I think there was something that several people were arrested not too long ago on on yes. fraud.
1: Yeah, for ballot harvesting, there there has been people that have you know that have uh, pled guilty. Um, they're in jail, and from what I understand, they're investigating about 30 others for ballot harvesting in certain counties in Arizona. So, so people need to stop this. this. This idea that this was the cleanest and most transparent election, the 2020 election in history, that, that narrative has got to stop. They would like to think that if they continue to make that statement enough times that people will just believe it. It's just simply not true.
0: It's just not true. Right. You know and of course, i'm being from Maricopa County. it is embarrassing to think about this uh, you know, when I was there <clears throat> long ago, <clears throat> excuse me um, it, it was kind of a re- republican base, but is that that's not the case any longer. Is that right
1: well, you know they they say it's turning <clears throat> kind of purple, you know it's kind of halfway in between. You don't know which way it's going to go, but honestly, bill, I, I feel like if we can clean up the elections. And yeah. get rid of so much of the mail in ballots, which are just ripe for corruption and cheating. My guess is that uh Arizona's gonna be bright red again. That's my yeah. guess. I, I feel like the corruption is, is to a beyond a level that most of us can imagine. And I think once we clean up the mail in ballot issue, I think Arizona will be solidly in the red again.
0: Now, one other question, Alex, and that is Katie Hobbs, it, she's the lieutenant governor. <clears throat> is that correct? And she,
1: No, it, she's the secretary of state. Oh, secretary so of she's state. One of, yeah, so she's one of the ones that credentials the vote. She, she's the one <laughs> that's responsible what I was gonna ask for you.
0: voting. <laughs> okay, so th- th- that's what I wanted to ask. Isn't her office in charge of the voting? Yes, and, and you know what? I haven't heard
1: one thing from Katie Hobbs about this election disaster that happened here. I haven't heard one public statement, which is exactly the way she ran her entire election for the governorship. She ran it from the basement, just like, yeah. just like Joe did for the presidency. I mean, it's the same thing. She, she, she won't debate. She, and when she does speak publicly, you recognize that she is incompetent. I mean, yeah. that's why she wouldn't get on the stage. That's why she refused to get on the stage because she would be absolutely embarrassed by Kerry
0: Lake. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. Now, listen, uh, we need to take a break. Can I hold you over for just a few more moments? Okay. Yeah, no problem. Okay. All right. We're going to a break. We'll be right back. Alex Biggum from Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> all right. We're back with Alex Biggum, Dr. Alex Biggum from Scottsdale, Arizona, talking about the Maricopa County uh, election <clears throat> and the problems that are taking place in Maricopa County. Alex, uh, you know what? This is one tragedy of a story, I tell Uh, you. The one question I was thinking about, and we were chatting during the break here. What if Terry Lake loses? What do you think the temperature is in Maricopa County?
1: Well, well, Bill, I can tell you when I when I was waiting in the line at the second uh, poll station that I had to to go to to try and vote. People were upset. You know, I mentioned that. For some people, that was a third and fourth polling location that they had gone to to try and vote at. And so you're standing there for, you know, an hour in line and you're talking to people and they're like, you know, telling you their stories about how difficult it was for them to vote that day, about how they've had enough with what they've seen going on. I talked to independents who said, "I've, I've seen enough. I'm voting Republican this time because I've seen enough. This is not going in a good direction. This has to change. People will be very, very upset in Arizona if they think that this election, if that, if that there are more election integrity issues here. They have yeah. had it after the 2020 election. If it happens again here, I'm telling you, Bill, people will be livid.
0: Well, and rightly so. You know, Alex, I, I myself am livid about the 2020 election, and I get tired of the mainstream media telling us it was a clean and fair election, and, and anybody who questions it is an election denier and there's some kind of a bad name to hang on your hang around your neck i've just uh, that whole thing is just ridiculous
1: yeah since when can't you question an election
0: oh, only
1: when re- only only when you're a republican i mean democrats have done it for election after election after election it's never a problem we never called them an election denier we never told them that they couldn't speak you know speak out against what they thought might be some kind of corruption hey it's only when Republicans do it. I am so sick and tired of that narrative and that's just got to change. We have to be able to voice our opinions. That's free speech. It's one of the pillars that our country was founded on. We can't raise our hand and say, "Hey, I think there's a problem here." If we're going to be crushed when we do that, well that reminds me a lot of a, a lot of third world countries.
0: Yep, our, I bet so. And that's
1: that's that's what that's what's so sad, Bill. Our, Third world countries are running their elections better than the United States. That seems impossible. It seems unbelievable. But yep. that's exactly what's happening.
0: Now, let me move real quickly to Blake Masters. Where do you see this going, and what? where are we with Blake Masters in the Senate race?
1: Well, I think Blake Masters is going to be a tighter race. And the reason is that in, in Arizona, there was a libertarian also on the ballot. So there were three candidates. And the Libertarian, his name is Mark Victor, he dropped out only about a week before Election Day. So his name still appeared on the ballot. So even though he's out of the race, and he even endorsed Blake Masters wholeheartedly. um, But it was too late because his name appeared on the ballot. So he is getting 3 to 4% of the vote, and that is splitting Blake Masters' vote. So Blake Masters is going to be tighter. But I tell you what, Bill. I think he's going to pull it off in the end. I think that he's going to come from behind at the end with this last 600,000 votes. That's going to be primarily Republican. He's down about 100,000 votes. I think he can overcome it, and I think he'll end up winning, but it's going to be a razor-thin margin now because of this and because of the fiasco that we had with the in-day, in-person voting where many voters were disenfranchised and had to leave the line because they had to go to work, couldn't wait hours in the line or, or whatnot. So it's going to be really, really close. And I tell you what, if he ends up losing by some narrow margin, like a 1,000 or 2,000 votes, what will have made the difference? It'll be those tabulator machines that weren't working. It'll be the printers that weren't working. It'll be the incompetency of Maricopa County that will indeed have affected the state, the majority of the Senate in the United States. Can you believe that? It'll oh. come down to something
0: like this. That is absolutely incredible I, I don't know I, it's,
1: it's frightening it's yeah. frightening it's frightening that incompetence and maybe malicious incompetence could be the difference between Republicans having a majority and
0: not boy that's that is i mean well you know what people are going to have to stand up and i don 't know exactly the answer to all of it but i I think people are are tired of being pushed around by the democratic majority that's my view of it i I tell you you know before I let you go alex i want i want to uh, maybe run your mind up to Pennsylvania for a moment. I, I am absolutely in, in disbelief, not just angry, but just disbelief at, at Fetterman winning the election. I I was like, what, (laughs) what's going on? I mean, I, I, I know
1: I agree. I I saw somebody created a (laughs) meme on social media and it was a, it was a, it was a mock debate between Fetterman and actually, Katie Hobbs, the secretary of state running for governor <laughs> in Arizona, because they're both so pathetic in their ability to make a point that, you know, they would go back and forth and they would show clips of their actual statements and pausing and unable to form coherent sentences. And it was, you know, it was just a joke, but it showed you how incompetent both of those candidates are. And, and the fact that he would be elected is unfathomable. Yeah. And now they're talking about there, there was one reporter saying Man, he's just overcome so much, wouldn't he just be a great candidate for the presidency? Are you kidding? we can go from Joe Biden to Fetterman as the president. Could you imagine? We'll go from one incompetent person to the next.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it is... It's kind of unbelievable what even that people that are serious are sober-minded people, uh, adults talking that way. I can't – I don't know. I even know what to say about that. It's just beyond my – pale of my imagination.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. You know, I feel sorry for the guy. You know, he had a stroke. He's trying to recover. But it was evident that it was more than just auditory issues, you know, him being able to understand what the question is because he could not formulate coherent thoughts in the one debate that he did. And that goes to show you, you know, that's got to change. Having one debate already after early voting has already taken place in a state, that's not right. You know, I think if people would have seen the state of his cognitive abilities, they might not have voted for him. That could have been the difference. You know, that was a pretty thin margin that he won by. And if people would have been able to have seen his actual cognitive state, they probably would have said, oh, he, he is not fit. I can't, you know, I would like to vote Democratic, but. Democrat, but I can't. Uh, yeah. He's he just not fit. But, you know, they didn't get that opportunity. And, and that's that's a trend, Bill, that we're seeing all across the United States. Democrats just refusing to debate, refusing to put their ideas forward. Why? Because their ideas are terrible. Right. And, and they don't have ideas. And so, really, the Republicans have become the party of ideas and solutions, and they better stay that way, and they better drive it home, because that's the only thing that's going to that's keep winning elections. You have to have ideas.
0: Yeah. You know, Alec, <clears throat> one other question I want to ask you, I and mean, I I agree wholeheartedly with you. I think that, you know, if we're not going to cross-examine, have a period of cross-examination for ideas and debates and put things out in the open, I, I, we are cooked, but... You know what I, I wanted to ask you about the mail-in balloting and the mail-in voting. I mean, I'm just like, why do we allow that? in I mean, I understand it from military people that they can do that. You know, they're uh, uh, scattered abroad, but this mail-in balloting—I don't know what what about that.
1: I, I don't. I agree with you, Bill. I I I've had several of these conversations today with different friends. Why should we send out mass? ballots to people in the mail, unless they're in the military, unless they're living out of the country, unless maybe they're an elderly person that's disabled and can't get out of the house, with the exception of those rare instances, people need to go and vote in person. That's part of our civic duty as a citizen of the United States. Go down and vote in person. And I guarantee you that if, if we start doing that again in Arizona, Arizona will be bright red again. Just like look at look at what happened in Florida, DeSantis cleaned yep. up the voting there. Look at what happened. Yes, he's a great executive of that state, and that's part of but the other part. I believe you know you, when you saw there was only three areas of, of the state that he that went blue. I, I think it's going to be like that in a lot of different states where they clean up the election system. Yep. All of a sudden, wow! Hey, there's just not so many. There's not so many Democrat votes all of a sudden. How'd that happen? Well, I wonder.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, listen, Alex, thank you for coming on and that last-minute notice and helping us out with Arizona and, and your thoughts on our civic duty. I just think you're exactly right. I agree 100% with what you had to say, and uh, we'll have to have you back again soon.
1: Okay, sounds good, Bill. Thanks.
0: All right, tell your good family hello. I will. All, all right. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, our next guest is also named Alex and his name is Alex Newman. Alex Newman is one of the editors of the New American Magazine and he is also uh, the owner of Liberty Sentinel. I think that's the name of it, a great website. You can find all kinds of good articles. Alex Newman is one of the best informed men, I think on, on the planet. He is so informed on these issues and a conservative lion. So I'm just I'm just glad to have Alex Newman on the show. Alex, thank you for taking time to be here today. It's
2: wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Bill.
0: Listen, I know you're uh, facing uh, bad weather, and you've got hurricanes, and so what's what's happening on that score right now?
2: Well, uh, we just got hit by a hurricane last night, uh, Hurricane Nicole. Uh, praise the Lord, uh, everything was pretty fine here. A few houses fell into the ocean. That was unfortunate, uh, because we had just wow. got smacked by Ian. Yeah, some of the seawalls were lost, and uh, unfortunately, they didn't have time to rebuild them before we got hit by the next storm. So a few houses did fall into the ocean, but uh, we didn't even lose power overall. This one was not a big deal. Uh, Much more significant, I think, was the uh, electoral hurricane that hit uh, this week. Uh, You know, Florida, we took a lot of um, very careful and calculated steps to try to protect uh, election integrity. And so we had some, um, some very encouraging results yesterday that I know were not replicated in a lot of the other uh, states especially those that uh, left the loopholes and the voter fraud opportunities wide open so
0: right well you know I just got off the phone with uh, Alex Bigham and he was telling me in Mar- Maricopa County that 70 machines out of the 224 in that county were not working on election day and it's just like th- this is absolutely astounding that that would be the case and then they had all this mail-in voting that took place prior to and his big message was we have got to clean it up and he says florida is is the gold standard here
2: yeah uh, florida you know even here in florida i'll tell you bill there was uh, i had very significant concerns because there are so many problems with our election systems here uh we've got all kinds of problems with the voter registration uh we've got all kinds of problems with mail-in voting we've still got a lot of these blasted machines but Uh, We did take a lot of measures. We ended the mass mailing voting. We don't allow people now to drop off infinite ballots. Uh, Ballot harvesting is now illegal. Uh, We created a a special office to investigate election fraud and crimes. Uh, We had several uh, vote fraudsters arrested and charged going into the election. So everybody was kind of on notice that uh, we're not going to be tolerating that this time around. So you know, Florida still leaves a lot to be desired, And as uh, somebody who watched the process up close this time in uh, fact, guys spent the day at the polls uh, handing out conservative voter guides with my son uh, you know there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but uh, we're moving in the right direction, uh, unlike a lot of states like Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, et cetera. Um, and, and I think it showed in the results right uh, here. We were able to count the ballots all before basically all before midnight um, in Arizona. They're talking about we might not finish counting ballots until Christmas. So something yeah. is very, very wrong here.
0: So let's pick up just a moment on the mail in ballot and the mail in voting. Um, is that how do you see that? I mean, that was cut off, I guess, in Florida. Is that right? Except for like military or wh- how did that work?
2: Well, they still allow mail-in voting, and I, I really don't like it. I don't think we should have this. I, I think, really, if you want to vote, um, you can do the you know minimal amount of work. Right, drive yourself to a polling location. If you're stuck in a wheelchair, you know, if you're you're uh, overseas deployed military, that's one thing. But for an average person who has the ability to go to the polling place and present an ID, I think that should be uh, the norm, and that should be required. You know, if you want to participate in our elections, you can put a little bit of effort into it. Uh, we don't need a bunch of useless, uninformed people who have no idea what they're doing uh, voting in these elections. Uh, and it also it just creates so many opportunities for fraud and ballot harvesting. So I'm disappointed that we still allow mail-in voting, but we did make some changes to try to uh, at least rein in the opportunities that that provides for fraud. Uh, one of the really good things that we've done is that uh, you can no longer go and drop off an infinite number of ballots. If you drop off more than two ballots, uh, you're going to be charged with a crime uh, and I think that was a very good move. There's no reason why a person should be dropping a hundred ballots off at some ballot
0: box. And, you know, um, your governor, Ron DeSantis, has been really a champion for conservative causes, uh, generally speaking, and has stood up to the woke mob and the Disneyland liberal crowd and everybody else. And I thought, wow, he's, he really is taking the lead in that kind of thing. And I think people really appreciate that. And I, I I just got the sense that the uh, Floridians, such as yourself, are really leading the way.
2: Yeah, we're very proud of our governor. Um you know when when you're here you you really realize the old uh, the old biblical cliche is very true right don't put your trust in princes uh we're all fallen people everybody's got flaws and uh, that is still very much true of our governor but uh there's no question in my mind that he is by far the best of any of the 50 states that we have he led the way in resisting the covid tyranny from the branch covidians uh he led the way in standing up for the Biden administration Um, Really, some of this, I think, is just conservatives are so desperate for a political messiah that, you know, somebody comes along and says, hey, we shouldn't castrate children when they're in second grade. and Everybody (laughs) says, yeah, you're a superhero. (laughs) Uh, This is pretty basic stuff that we shouldn't be brainwashing children with that. But um, I I was very encouraged that he uh, beat the snot out of Charlie Crist, the rhino who finally came out of the closet and admitted he was a Democrat. Uh, I wasn't even close. It was like 60-40. And, um that was a good lesson. Uh, the one thing I'm concerned about with DeSantis, and uh, I've said this several times recently, is that there is an effort right now uh, by the establishment, by people like Paul Ryan uh, and other establishment power brokers uh, around Capitol Hill and things, to try to divide the conservative movement ahead of 2024. And unfortunately, I think Trump is participating in this. His uh, his quips about Ron DeSantis before the election were certainly not helpful. Um, and so I think there's a very real risk here that the, the people trying to destroy our country will try to split the conservative movement, split the Republicans, uh, and create a Trump faction and a DeSantis faction. And that is very, very dangerous. We mm. need to remain
0: united. Well, I did see that Paul Ryan came out and said some things that uh, were pretty negative about Trump. And uh, that, that was the reason that we, uh, the Republicans didn't do as well as we wanted to do and those kind of comments, I thought, what in the world? I mean, we don't need those, that rhino. He's a rhino, and I just like the establishment people. Like, I think they're more dangerous than the Democrats sometimes, Alex.
2: I agree with you 100%. And, and Paul Ryan is the epitome of everything that's wrong with the Republican Party bill. Uh, we, in 2016, I, I hope everybody remembers this far back, Republicans won the House. They won the Senate. And they won the White House. We had total power at the federal level. Nothing could stop us. What did they campaign on? We're going to stop taxpayer funding for the slaughter of unborn babies. We're going to stop giving half a billion dollars a year to Planned Parenthood. We are going to overturn Obamacare. Right? These are the things that they campaigned on. These were the words that were coming out of their mouths. They took power. And what was the first thing that Paul Ryan decided we needed to do? re fund Planned Parenthood with mm. half of a billion dollars, and Trump tried to stop it, and of course Paul Reino, the Ryan, the the Paul, Paul Ryan, whatever you call him, yeah. Uh, yeah. he got his way, and they ended up funding Planned Parenthood, and they kept Obamacare in place. So I frankly have no interest in hearing what Paul Ryan thinks about Donald Trump or the election or anything else. Uh, we should put him out to pasture, and whatever he says, we should run in the opposite direction.
0: I agree with you. I am so glad to hear you say that so strongly, too. I mean, he is a rhino, and I mean, the cutting the throat of the Republican Party and trying to drive us back into the arms of people like Mitt Romney, I just think that is absolutely absurd. That's
2: right, and, and there's a whole bunch of these guys. and yeah. uh, you know, There's Mitch McConnell. Right. And, and Mitch McConnell, I think at this point, it should be very obvious to everybody, this guy's playing for the other team, okay? His wife is yep. a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, his wife is deeply tied through the family business to the mass-murdering dictatorship in communist China that's working with the Democrats to destroy our country. Uh, Mitch McConnell is so clearly working for the Democrats that I can't even believe there's serious talk of him being the majority leader if Republicans take back the Senate. I was very, very pleased to hear uh, Donald Trump call out uh, Mitch McConnell and say that he cannot be the next majority leader. Yeah. He, he actually suggested uh, Senator Rick Scott, uh, one of our U.S. senators here. He's, you know, he's not the best senator. He's not Rand Paul. He's not Mike Lee. Um, but uh, you know he's, he's better than uh, Mitch McConnell, that's for sure. We just interviewed him recently at The New American, and he had some very good things to say. People can find that at the TheNewAmerican.com. So I, I'm glad that uh, Republican leaders like Donald Trump are finally starting to really forcefully speak out here there's also yeah. an effort to make sure that kevin mccarthy doesn't take the speaker's gavel i hope that will succeed
0: yeah i do too i i saw that he's already making moves to do that however right now
2: yes he is yes he is but uh, <laughs> several congressmen several republican congressmen who've been elected have already said they will vote against kevin mccarthy and uh, depending on how big the republican majority is we only may need you know seven or eight of them to defect and um that, that would be absolutely huge. And right now, I mean, I, I think you understand this very well, Bill, and I want the listeners to understand, too, our, our nation is in a battle for survival. Uh, war has been declared on us, and if we don't start taking this seriously, we are going to end up like Venezuela, we are going to end up like Russia, we are going to end up like all of these nations before us that have fallen to barbarism and tyranny. And we have to stop it. And the Republican controlled Congress may be one of our last chances to do that.
0: I agree 100 percent. I think we are in dire, dire trouble if we can't stop this onslaught of socialism, Marxism in our country. We I I don't know. I mean, we're we're down to the brass tacks here and I don't know what's going to happen. But, um, you know, I'm I'm thankful for the states like Florida and and another states that are just in Texas. You know, I appreciated that we didn't Turn it over to the Beto O'Rourke's of the world, but uh, I wish our own governor was as strong as DeSantis, really. Yeah, it's
2: um, it, it, it's very encouraging that uh, that we have some good governors. Uh, yeah, I, I wish uh, Governor Abbott was a little bit stronger. You know, he's uh, he's certainly mellowed out quite a bit over the years. He used to regularly tweet out articles from the New American and things like that, and he's really uh, kind of moderated, is I think the term that the fake media used. But <laughs> uh, no, Ron DeSantis has has stayed firm, and uh, he's continued to promote uh, really good policies. Unfortunately, during the uh, the primaries here in Florida, he endorsed. Uh, a lot of the wrong people in competitive Republican races, um, which was a shame, and you know Trump did the same thing. Trump endorsed yeah. a lot of really terrible candidates, and so I think both Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump um, you know they need to think much more carefully about uh, these endorsements, and they need to come to some kind of agreement behind the scenes right now because Ron DeSantis has proven he 's a fighter, Donald Trump has proven he 's a fighter, neither of them are perfect, but we need them united so that the conservative movement so that Republicans could stay united. Um, You know, we cannot afford right now to be uh, having a uh, Republican or conservative civil war right now when our country is Mm -hmm. on the line.
0: Very good. That's a that's a great note right there, Alex. Listen, let's take a break and uh, uh, we can hold you over for one more segment if that's right with you. And uh, absolutely. You bet. Okay, so we'll take a break. We'll be right back with Alex Newman. He's calling from Florida and uh, they're right in the midst of a storm. So we'll be prayerful for him as well. So we'll be right back in a moment. All right, we have about 10 minutes left in the program, nine minutes, actually, to, to be more exact. And uh, but before we uh, visit more with Alex Newman, I want to let you know that we're kind of moving this radio program in a little bit different direction in the sense that, uh, of course, we've been kicked off of YouTube, as everybody knows. We've talked about that. And uh, so now we are on Spotify as well as Amazon Music. And so you can upload there. So we've rebranded it to Patriotic Pulpit. So you can find the radio show under Patriotic Pulpit, there at Spotify, that app, and as well as Amazon Music, and there's other uh, avenues as well. My articles are appearing on the News Talk 1290 website, and of course, the show is still called American Liberty with Bill Lockwood at this time. But uh, we're in Lubbock, Abilene, and here in Wichita Falls. But all right, that's uh, the the plug I wanted to get in here. All right, Alex, uh, you know regarding regarding uh, Pennsylvania, I just you know I couldn't help but I. I sat down and wrote an article today. I thought I I just was blown. My mind is blown about what took place with John Fetterman winning in Pennsylvania. And I thought, what is happening to our country? (laughs) I don't what's happening here.
2: Yeah, I, I don't believe for a second that Fetterman won a legitimate election, not for one second. I mean, the, the guy, uh, you know, with all due respect, uh, was having very, very serious problems, uh, cognitive problems, right? He had had a stroke, uh, had trouble many times putting together a complete sentence. Uh, very much, unfortunately, like uh, uh, President Biden and uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi when she's been drinking too much. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's very unfortunate. But, I, you know, part of the issue, too, I think, was the candidate that uh, Republicans put up, uh, very unfortunately endorsed by Trump, this Dr. Oz, um, it'd be hard to imagine uh, a, a worse Republican. I mean, this is a guy who was fully in favor of castrating children, uh, who claim to be transgender. This is a guy who was fully in favor of the uh, the COVID lockdowns, the COVID tyranny. Uh, this is a guy who went to serve for the Turkish military rather than serving in the American military. Uh, it's a guy who uh, openly professes uh, Islam, and uh, you know, frankly, I I, I cannot believe that uh, this is the candidate that Republicans nominated. But I think what we saw in Pennsylvania was massive amounts of fraud. Um, I actually talked to uh, Doug Mastriano a few weeks before the election, and he told me, hey, they're they're planning all this kind of fraud. You know, hopefully it's going to be a little better than 2020. But, no, we know he's a senator up there. So we tried to get legislation through. The governor kept vetoing it. Uh, So I think they stole the elections up there. If you look at uh, what what they're doing here in uh, cities like Philadelphia, they're doing the same thing in Detroit, right? They, They just do these mail-in massive ballot harvesting operations where they just manufacture as many ballots as they need they wait until all the real votes have been counted and then they say "Oh, okay we're gonna keep counting here and then they just keep finding new ballots more and more democrat ballots, until they have enough to put their candidates over the edge and i think that's exactly what we just saw in pennsylvania that's what we see uh, occurring right now they're trying in uh, arizona uh... it's it's completely outrageous and the fact that they're still able to do this after what we witnessed in 2020 speaks volumes about the Democrats and their electoral tactics.
0: I wondered about that very thing. I was going to ask you, wasn't Pennsylvania where they had massive problems, where they had governors and stepping in and, or I, I guess, uh, public officials and changing the election laws to accommodate the covid problem? Uh, Is not that what happened there in Pennsylvania the last time?
2: Yep, Pennsylvania was one of the worst offenders. Um, and you know, this, this wasn't limited to Pennsylvania, but the, the same things were happening in Michigan, the same things were happening in Wisconsin, the same thing happened in Arizona, the same thing happened in Georgia. Uh, and, and in many cases, uh, the investigations were conducted, criminal charges were recommended, and nothing happened. Right, I, I interviewed a sheriff, uh, the sheriff of Racine County in, um, in Wisconsin, and he said, look, I did an investigation. There was massive vote fraud here. They were uh, using these ballots that they were stealing. From uh, elderly people in, in care homes uh, and, and using them to commit voter fraud, and he said he did the whole. Him and his deputies did the whole investigation. They sent the investigation over to the attorney general, a Democrat, uh, for prosecution. And the attorney general held a press conference and said, uh, "Hey, these guys just want publicity. There's no election fraud." I mean, it, it's unbelievable mm. the lawlessness that's happening, uh, and this is across the board in any states and any jurisdictions that corrupt criminal Democrats
0: control. You know what? I think the the entire corrupt process or the processes that we're seeing are always favorable to the Democrats. And I don't, I mean, people can surely see that. I I do know, I was talking to uh, earlier on the program, Alex Biggum, and he was telling me in Maricopa County, people are absolutely angry at the, at the the mismanagement of the election process in Maricopa County. And he says, I think we're going to see some sparks fly here. If, if Carrie Lake doesn't win this thing, but I I tell you, Alex, this is this is getting to be where people better stand up for for our election process and the integrity thereof.
2: Yeah. And and we're in a crisis situation now. And I think a lot of people, you know, dealing with normalcy bias that say, "Well, America's special. that, That kind of stuff doesn't happen here. This is almost a repeat of what happened in Venezuela. It's a repeat of what just happened in Brazil with the stolen presidential election there. And Venezuela gives us a really clear warning. They only had to steal the election one time. Once they got Hugo Chavez in power, they rigged every election after that, they changed the Constitution, they removed all checks and balances, uh, and so these people only need to steal a couple of elections before these, these systems will be in place and the, the progress that they have made will become basically irreversible without divine intervention, and I feel we're perilously close to that moment. If we let them get away with this, there may not be an opportunity. To vote them out in the future. I mean, they may continue to conduct sham elections. Yeah. But what good is a sham election? Oh yeah. Right? I mean, yeah.
0: Cuba. Yeah. No, we if we don't have the integrity of elections, our freedom is absolutely gone. Period. I don't. That's right. Yeah. There's there's no such thing as freedom if you don't have integrity of elections. And I, people better wake up to that particular fact. And I don't like this mail in ballot, uh, the mail in voting prior to, except on the exceptions that you mentioned, and all the ballot harvesting, the change in the laws allow. Uh, the people in Pennsylvania and other Wisconsin and other states to vote. Anyway, you know what, I wanted to ask you before I let you go, Alex, also about um, Georgia, just a few moments here. I know we've got this runoff election with, with communist Warnock and, and Herschel Walker. So uh, give us your thinking on that.
2: Uh, I think there's another example where, uh, Republicans did a pretty poor job of selecting a candidate. Um, you know, uh, and again, as much as I appreciate a lot of what Donald Trump did and is continuing to do, uh, I think he made a very poor choice by endorsing uh, this Republican candidate. But he's the candidate now. I do believe he won the election by a massive margin, and I believe the Democrats are trying to steal it again. Uh, and I think a lot of the Republican leadership in the state of Georgia is very much like Mitch McConnell. They're playing the other team while wearing the jersey of Republicans, wearing the jersey of conservatives. When every chance they get, they stick a knife in our back. And I've looked very closely at what's happening in Georgia. Uh, I've I've interviewed many times and spoken with many times uh, Garland Faberito. Uh, He's the founder of Voter GA. They've done innumerable lawsuits against these people. They've got all the evidence. They've got smoking gun evidence showing that these elections are being massively rigged in the Democrat counties and that a lot of the state leadership is complicit. And, um, you know, we, we've we got to get a handle on this. Now they're going to do a runoff. They're just going to steal the runoff. Right. This this is preposterous. We have got to get this under control. And uh, we've got to do it now because two years from now may yeah. not be possible anymore.
0: Hey, real quickly about the true the vote uh, individuals that I've gotten their names, but they were put in jail the other day. I guess they're released now of, you know, they had the Dinesh D'Souza movie that was actually squashed by, the mainstream media and Twitter and even Fox News—they don't even want to talk about that. I just get full, so frustrated. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza's movie, but the true the vote was how they—I mean—that was what he relied upon, or uh, one of the uh, one of the organizations. But anyway, they put them in jail.
2: Yep, this is a very very dark time for America. Okay, uh, and and as a journalist, what they did to uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips is beyond the pale. I mean, these are the tactics of dictatorships. You had a lawless court ordering them to reveal their sources right and as a journalist who deals with a lot of sources say you know, i give these people my word i will not reveal your identity i have to do that or they're not going to give me information because they might lose their jobs. they might be uh... even sometimes prosecuted for uh... revealing this information but it's important that the american people know these things so how a lawless court could shred the first amendment and say you have to reveal your sources or we're going to throw you in jail is absolutely beyond the pale and it's setting a very dangerous precedent if they can do that there will be no more sources right Uh, and if there are no more sources everything that the government does is completely behind closed doors nobody will know what's going on the american people won't have an opportunity uh... this is very very dangerous and we're seeing an escalation of these tactics of course the fbi uh, or the clown car formerly known as the FBI raided yep. uh, the home of um, the founder of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, again, for doing journalism. Uh, this is very, very dangerous, and uh, a healthy free republic cannot survive when we have uh, these kinds of tactics being employed against journalists and their sources.
0: Well, those are frightening things, Alex, and I know that uh, you're on top of it. I tell you what, I, it's been a while since I've had you on. I want to have you back uh, as soon as possible. And, uh, I, we, I do want you to know that we're praying for you. I know that, uh, today, uh, of course, people need to know we're recording Thursday, but today you're having a, a big hurricane there. And so I pray for you and your f- safety and your family. And I know that, uh, the Lord will take care of you.
2: Hey, well, I appreciate that so much, Bill. Thank you. I really appreciate all that you do. I'm uh, actually tomorrow heading out for uh, Salt Lake city and then right over to Egypt to cover this UN climate conference that's oh. taking place there good big religious implications. They're going to unveil a new universal Ten Commandments. So maybe when I get back, or even while, while I'm over there, if you want an update, I'll be happy to give
0: it to you. Hey, that'll be great. We can do that. And uh, and listen, you you write for the New American, and you write Liberty Sentinel is your website, correct? That's right. Yeah, Liberty
2: sentinel.org and then the New American is at the New And of course, people can get a print subscription if they want the actual magazine, which is a great publication.
0: Yes, it is. It's one of the best. It's one of my primary sources for good good information. Listen, Alex, thank you so much for being here. Give your family my best. Thank you, Bill. God bless. All right. Lord bless you. Bye-bye.